Hello, my friend. David here. Yet again, we find ourselves here just uh, in your earbuds. What a world. The crazy world of podcasting. Uh, <laughs> I hope you're doing well and ready to dive in. Um, but before we do, just a quick announcement. Refreshingly Honest Christian, this very podcast, the one that you're listening to, uh, is officially one years old. One year old. Not years just one, just one year. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, we're now 27 episodes in officially. Uh, and I just, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, for listening. It really does. It really means a lot. And um, on beh- behalf of everyone here, Jake, my co-host, uh, sometimes co-host, <laughs> Tess, the sometimes producer, my wife, uh, we just want to say thank you. This podcast uh, it, for me personally, has has given me so much joy and really helped uh, kind of process some of my own stuff. And so as silly as that might sound, just know this podcast is as much for me as it is for you. Um, you know, we, we don't have the biggest audience in the world of podcasting, but for those of you tuning in every week, just know that we see you and you're a big part of this. This is a, an accomplishment. And so uh, thank you and yay. <laughs> we're we're one year old so uh here's to many more and um that said smooth transition uh today's episode <laughs> uh we're, we're joined by adrian gibbs and josh link from the dirty rotten church kids podcast speaking of podcasts uh and i think they're they're about to have their one year birthday as well so look at that just podcasts Popping up left and right. I feel like everybody has a podcast nowadays. <laughs> but uh, these guys, they're awesome. I came across them on Instagram uh, where, where they share a bunch of funny memes. Uh, that's how I was introduced to them. But um, I couldn't be more excited to share our conversation with you. We had a really good talk. Um, I talk a bit about their upbringings in the church, um, how they met, uh, what led to where they are now in their faith, uh, and it's just such a good chat. So I know you'll take a lot of things from it. So I hope you enjoy it. So uh, stick around. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Josh and Adrian. Enjoy. All right, Josh and Adrian, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. I'm bowing, but no one can see me bow. (laughs) (laughs) I will will vouch. Yeah, any (laughs) depth. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you guys. Um, As I was mentioning here just a second ago before we like officially started, I uh, Mm -hmm. came across you guys uh, on Instagram, and I gotta say, uh, you you got you guys. You're freaking hilarious. You make me laugh a ton. Uh, You have like. Um, I mean, just so much funny, like church stuff. Uh, it yeah. just makes me, it makes me laugh. Um, so <laughs> just super stoked to have you guys. Um, Thanks, man. yeah, man. So, uh, why don't just to kick things off? Um, I mean, I always start this podcast pretty simply, but, um, I'd love to just, I'm really curious about you guys and obviously your podcast. Uh, but number one, why don't you just, um, whoever wants to start here, honestly, um, why don't you just tell me a little bit about your background? Like how you were raised, um, 
if I, if I've done, cause I didn't do a lot of research and I do that intentionally cause I want to learn it here mm-hmm. <laughs> and not just be a cyber stalker. Um, but like, you know, were you, I mean, it seems like you're, some of you are pastors and you're kind of, uh, kind of figuring things out after, you know, after this whole like evangelical, um, thing. So what, what's the story? Tell me what's going on here. Just in, uh, we, we can go as brief or as in depth as you like. Adrian, you want to take it away? Sure. So, yeah, so I was um, born and raised in New York and like the tri-state area over there. My great-grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher. My grandpa was a Pentecostal preacher. Uh, and then my dad was a preacher as well. He wasn't like a pastor of a church. Um, so I spent a lot of time in like Pentecostal space. And then uh, we kind of swung the pendulum to a more uh, non-denominational charismatic megachurch kind of Hillsong energy. Um, and then in college, I swung the pendulum again to like a Southern Baptist. And then from there went to like the sort of neo-reform, the Mark Driscoll, John Piper folks. And then we actually planted a church. So I've been in church ministry since I was probably 12, uh, volunteering to some capacity. And then eventually I was a church staffer, then, you know, a worship pastor, creative pastor, up until uh, about four years ago when I left the church that I planted along with uh, Josh Blaine. So Josh and I have known each other for over a decade. And so we have um, a long history of ministry together. And that's kind of where all of this sort of kicked off. Josh, do you want to talk a little bit about your background? Yeah. Um, so I am born and raised in South Florida. I've been here my entire life. Uh, my mom came over from Cuba when she was young. My dad came from Ohio. And then I guess like, it's sort of the halfway point if you're math and geometry, geometry, geography is horrible. Um, but yeah, like I was, I was always in, in a, in a church. I was born in the pew. I was, uh, started off in the Baptist tradition. Um, like started singing on stage for Christmas pageants and stuff. And then, um, got into like, it was at the beginning of Saddleback, Rick Warren, um, purpose driven life stuff, like the church I was going to, uh, in like the, the Fort Lauderdale area um, was a, a really based on that. And they exploded really, really big. And then it like shifted really quickly after the main pastor left to like Joel Olstein, buddy, buddy. Like he came to preach at our church and I didn't even like him. And that's a whole other thing. But um, after that, I left and kind of like Adrian said, like the pendulum swung the other way. I went from like this really big mega church, showy, showy light like weird analogies during sermons to like a reformed Baptist Southern Baptist where um, there's uh, like predestination, substitutionary atonement, the tulip thing, Mark three of khaki and sidebar. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, Matt Chandler, um, David Platt, all those guys. I went to the passion conferences a lot. And at the moment, at the time they, I, they did mean a lot to me. I didn't now looking back, I learned a lot from them. Um, and then Adrian and I, after we left the church that we met at, uh, we left that church and then we, we planted a church in, in Western Florida, very affluent city. Um, funny enough, it was, uh, originally supposed to be purchased by the Walt Disney company. Um, but uh, it didn't work out for whatever reason. So a the uh, city, not the church. I'm like, yeah, wait yeah, a city. second. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Walt Disney from the, the grave, the Disney uh, church. Guy. Yeah. No, so the city is really affluent, really like well maintained. So we decided to plant a church there because that's a smart idea. Mm. Um, we were a pop up church. We really had no backing. It was all our own money. 
Um, and one kind of slogan we threw around a lot, which is really dumb looking back, was that we were like building the plane in the air. Um, and so after Adrian left, Adrian is, and he'll admit this, he's like the classic overthinker. Adrian is always ahead of the curve in every sense, like music, fashion, tastes. And, and so when he left the church, I was so busy doing things as a church planter, like doing, like setting up the text, setting up the slides, doing music and so much shit. Um, that I didn't have, really have time to think until like my best buddy left the church we planted. I'm like, whoa. And then my wife asked me some questions about why I've been in church for over 20 years and never been to church as a family. And one thing led to another. Um, and then, yeah, I left the church as well. And that came with its own basket of, of goodies. Yeah. Uh, and basket of goodies is very sarcastic. Everyone just <laughs> talked behind our back and assumed that my wife and I were getting a divorce for some reason. Um, which is not a bad thing, but I mean, just, just talk to us, but they, they, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's how we kind of landed here. Dirty Rotten Church Kids is something that Adrian and I both apart from each other, like had a thought. And then we met up at a cigar bar. That's what like reformed guys do, even though you're not really reformed because you're out of the church, but it's still like on you. The reformed stink is on you. You can't get out. It's like, yeah, it's, it's stuck in the flannel. Yeah. So, um, him and I are hanging out and I'm like, Hey man, I have all this unused audio equipment. I love buying things on Amazon that I don't need. How about we just do a podcast? Um, and Adrian's like, well, I had the same thought. And then we kind of just shot from the hip what we wanted it to be. And it basically boiled down to, we talk ad nauseum about so many things. Yeah. Our, our individual interests vary wildly. And also when we talk about stuff, like it, there's always like a, a, a foundation of spirituality in some sense. And, we were like, if we start a podcast and we're able to let one person know they're not alone when they leave a church or they're not alone when they're thinking through things or not sure, then that's fine. Um, and that's where it came from. That's where the, the Instagram just popped up. And then we started posting the memes and we had zero expectation for anyone to listen to it. That, but well, we told each other, hey, if we're going to do this, we have to be com- <laughs> comfortable burning every single bridge. Yeah, to get we're not leading worship at any other church. Like we're just going to, yes. We're going to be as real as possible because for so long we had to watch what we said yeah. or like, like we're, we're also in a band together with it, with a, our, our good friends. And we even had to be careful with the songs we wrote. because We didn't want to offend the people at the various churches of our band members. So um, if you want to take it from there, Adrian, because I feel like I've been talking too much. Yeah, no, that, that's basically it. And so we never, just like you said, we never, we were like, Hey, let's just record 10 podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. We'll call it a season and we'll see, you know, how we feel we'll take a break and if we want to get back to it we can uh and now we've just done like we're on episode 27 i'm yeah. um, just kind of going straight through and it's just been a whole lot of fun you connected with a lot of a lot of cool people so yeah and, and because of that we met you and here yeah, we are i know that's awesome i love it that's dope so you guys just released i i thought it would would have been more honestly like um i was like man these guys just seem like so like well established and obviously there's um a need for this type of um, I would say alternative voice in, in especially in Christendom, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's so interesting, man. So it sounds to me like both of you, um, like Adrian, you. It sounds like you were a pastor's kid, um, and then uh, Josh, were you a pastor's kid? You said you were like raised in the pews, right? Like, yeah, like my dad was a pastor at a, at a couple times, and then like uh, for those couple years, he was a pastor. I'm like, yeah, I'm a pastor's kid now too. I can fit in with this other group, and that I never did. <laughs> Nice. Well, so that, that's awesome. Well, and gosh, I loved what you said about like, all right, we're about to freaking burn every bridge. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and the thing is like, 
some people come at us and go, well, you're just mad and that's why you're doing whatever, whatever. I'm like, well, no. Yeah. I would say to that, I was more, and Gibbs can vouch for me, my wife can vouch for me, my parents can vouch for me. I was way more um, like poisonous and vicious when I was in the church because I was, I felt like I always had to defend or win something. Yeah. You were more dogmatic for sure. Yeah. I, I had to like, I had to like give every counterpoint to anyone's argument, but here on the other side, like, yeah, we're going to burn every bridges in the sense that I don't want us to feel like we have to not say something because we're afraid of something. Yeah. Um, but definitely on this side of deconstructing, at least for Adrian and I, it's not the same for everyone, but there's definitely a lot of freedom and just being able to go. Yes. I like this. No, I don't like this. Right. And you could be right. And I'm not going to argue. We're not here to win a conversation, like win an argument. Um, we're not here to debate. Uh, we're just here to share our experiences yeah. um, that we saw in the church and then kind of like unpack them. What's really cool is there's a a pastor down here. He was like literally the only person we could talk to about this stuff. Mm. He's around our age. His name's Danny Prada. Um, he operates out of Heartway. Very progressive, like bringing in all different types of speakers from all different types of religions and faiths. And he's gotten a lot of shit from the pastors down here for that. But he was so patient with us and so like instrumental into connecting to uh, us to like Kevin Garcia out of Atlanta, uh, Lauren Scott, Joe Lumen, Seth Baron Hall, all these people that are David Hayward, the naked pastor, all these people who are already in this like post church thinking through things, either believing the Bible, calling themselves a Christian question mark, not calling themselves a Christian, figuring it out, so, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so once we found these other people, like, damn, we felt like we were alone. Yeah. Like we're definitely not. So nope. yeah. Yeah. And, and I think when you, when you started like the Instagram stuff, like we didn't ever think we were going to become like a meme page. <laughs> but, but the thing <laughs> is, I think we did Instagram because that's just what you did when you had a church. Like, oh, well, you have to have totally. an Instagram presence. Yeah. That's yeah what it absolutely. It's like part of the, you know, it's, it's muscle memory at that point. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I think what we found was, there really wasn't a whole lot of like, you'll see like a bunch of Christian memes and then they'll like post something like kind of funny. And then they'll always pat it with like, now remember we're all brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ. And so they would like crouch all of their memes and all their content and all their quotes and stuff with like a bunch of padding. And I was like, I'm, I've been doing that for three decades. I'm not mm-hmm. going to put padding around everything I say yeah. anymore. Uh, and we both felt that way. And so we, we approached the podcast that way and we're like, well, if we're going to fucking post stuff that we think is funny, I think we think, things that piss us off. Like, let's just do that. And let's just let it be completely as unfiltered uh, as as it would be if there was no one paying attention. Yeah. Uh, And then people started paying attention. And I think what we found is that the people, the things that we said about Danny Prada and naked pastor, David Mm -hmm. Hayward and Joe Lumen, people are saying that about us being like, you've been here this whole time and it's weird to feel seen and it's weird to feel recognized. Um, and that just makes it all worth it. Yeah, you know, we started, it'll be a year in November. Next month. That's the, yeah, next month. That'll That's be our, so our one awesome. year. Okay. I love it. Well, and honestly, you guys, like, um, I love the name, Dirty Rotten Church Kids. It's like, it's perfect. And so, um, I, and honestly, like, so for me, my background, um, I actually wasn't, like, raised in the church or anything. But uh, once I started, like, working in the church as, like, a youth pastor, um, I noticed this little subgroup and my wife, I would count her among one of them, which is just this, these little freaking, these, these, these 
dirty, rotten church kids. They are pastors' kids. They mm-hmm. like they know all the bullshit and <laughs> yep. Um, and like they know who because they said it probably totally. Yeah. Well, and at the time Same, I'm just like, that was us. at the time I'm like, oh, these kids like like they call you on your shit, but it's so honestly, I think it's so refreshing and it's so not to, I'm not even trying to tie it in with my podcast name mm-hmm. here. Uh, like it really is. And so, um, I could just totally see that. Like, um, there's absolutely like this, this group within the group. And I feel like every youth group has it. I'm not saying you guys mm-hmm. are a youth group or something. <laughs> um, yeah. What's crazy is that like you saying that it like takes me, I, like I can smell my youth group room with you saying that uh, <laughs> I, I can picture like myself back there, but in, in, in our, in Adrian and I's experience, well, Adrian was in the Philippines for a while, like in middle school, right? Middle school, a little bit of high school. Like junior high, yeah. yeah. But the majority of our experiences were wrapped up in American evangelicalism. And so that's kind of like what we're speaking to, mm. but the amount of messages we get from people who are nowhere near the borders of America mm. about how similar their experiences were, um, are are actually mind blowing. It's like, I don't like, wow. It's like, it's like, okay. So it wasn't just like the three or four churches I went to. It's like the system of the church yes. is structured in a way that allows these weird kind of like inky black messes to continue to fester and grow. But because the church is so not willing to like really take a look at mental health or really talk about sex in a way that's worshipful of the divine in yourself and to the divine outside yourself and all these things that we're, we're unpacking now. I'm like, well, if you're not going to shine a light in every corner, of course shit's going to grow, man. There's going to be mold and stuff. And um, yeah, some of the messages we get are like, like Adrian and I will text back. Like, we'll, like, dude, I don't know what to say to this. It's, it's like heavy and heartbreaking. Um, and it's in New Zealand. Mm. it's not anywhere in America. I'm like, dude, this is insane, insane, insane. So yeah. we got those messages. I'm like, okay, we can't stop with 10 episodes. We we have to keep going. Cause now there's a purpose behind this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, do you guys feel like, I mean, I'm just curious. So I would, I would assume that you are now as of today, no longer in ministry. You're outside of the church bubble, so to speak. Is that correct? Well, actually, I don't know. Glad I, we don't, have you here, David. I don't know if we should um, say it, Adrian, because the band's going to come up. That's when the heads and close our eyes. Dave, we want to tell you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This has been one big ploy for us to present the gospel to you. We were trying to figure out which podcast we should release it on. So without further ado, if we could bring the uh, praise and worship uh, team. Uh, uh, with the- Actually, <laughs> yeah, um, we're not strumming <laughs> acoustic right now. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Nice. Oh, like a warm pad. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Oh, I'm That's so ready. Synth. Let's go, baby. Take those pads down. <laughs> no, but we're not. Yeah. We've been, like Adrian said, he's been out four years. I've been out three. I mean, I've attended church here and there. And yeah. there's some interesting stories you can get into if you want, but for the most part, like, nah, bro, Sundays are for yeah. our families now. That's awesome. Well, and the reason I asked is, I mean, do you feel like with this podcast, you know, you're, you're you just mentioned like some of the stuff that people are texting you, talking, mm-hmm. talking with you about, I mean, I don't think it's, it would be a reach to say like that you guys are very much ministering to people right now and pastoring people and, and not in a, maybe in a completely different way than what you used to do. Oh, of course. Um, but don't you feel like what you're doing? Don't you? <laughs> it's like, I'm, like, I'm like starting to get hot around the collar. Actually. I'm getting a little, 
Oh, he's just like, I'm uh, done with this podcast. Bye. I can't. Oh, man. <laughs> no, but, no, no, but that's, I get what you're saying. I you get feel, you're not wrong. Do you feel like you're, you're serving people in a way, even, and even though it looks completely different, um, don't you feel like um, a lot of what you guys are doing is, I think, bringing a lot of like healing and, and even though you're laughing at stuff, like you mentioned memes or whatever, like, uh, or even just like, like you asked me like, Hey, is this clean or not? Can we cuss? It's like, I mean, not very much for me in my de- deconstruction. It has been so healthy to be able to just be like, man, it just, I just want to fucking like laugh and like make fun of things. Like, because it really is, it feels like the only way to kind of process some of the maybe church trauma or whatever. Like, so I, I know it sounds cheesy and, and, but, and I don't mean for that, but I feel like you guys are, I don't know. I, I feel like what you guys are doing is really, you're serving people and you're ministering in a, in a, in a unique way. I appreciate that. I, I feel like for us, I think the first thing right out the gate, we always wanted to be like, we're going to bring all of ourselves and whatever it takes for us to heal. And so sometimes if you have to like laugh at something for it not to torment you, you know, sometimes you need to like fucking rage and like flip a table in a, in a safe space where you know that you're allowed to do that. Sometimes you need to like, break down and grieve over like the, the abuse that you suffered. And so everything that we would talk about in our podcast and everything we would like post about has always been this balance of like equal parts, heavy and light. And that's like always been the mantra. It's like heavy and light. Love it. Like the, the idea is like, if someone's following us for like the dank memes and we're going to post like some fucking shit that's like pisses people off. Oh, that's like really heavy. So that, that can kind of like, you know, like bring more of yourself than just this like superficial thing. And so, like to your point, I think what we've been trying to do is trying to provide a space that people go, I'm allowed to laugh and I'm allowed to mourn and I'm allowed to rage. And in so doing, it's turned into, um, I guess, an exercise in recovery. Mm-hmm. And you can call it ministry, you can call it pastoring, you can call it whatever. Um, it's weird for me to say that because there's so much baggage that comes with that. Like, I don't even like to use the term Christian, let alone like minister or anything like that. But if we can provide like a canvas for you to bring all of yourself to, and then you are the one recovering and we're just like giving you paintbrushes and, and, and color to like do that yourself. Um, then I think we would have, you know, kind of done a good thing. Mm. Anything to add to that, Josh, you're, you're just like, Nah, all that's BS. No, no, Adrian, Adrian's not wrong. And I've told him a thousand times, but he's way better with words than me. So I will co-sign everything he said with the word. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> you do great. You do great, buddy. That's I try. Good, I'm getting better. Well, tell me a little bit about, I mean, you mentioned it like a little bit about how you guys met and, um, I mean, like, it sounds <laughs> that's like a great story actually. Yeah. Yeah. The, tell, tell us, uh, what, what that whole story was about. So I was at a church in Weston. Again, it was like a, a Southern Baptist church. And I was leading worship there as any musician who happens to show up in a church, you end up on stage. Um, and so I was there for maybe a year or two. And then I had to, I had like a class that was on the same night as youth group and I couldn't make it. Um, and so I was bummed because I was getting paid, which is nice. But they also didn't tell me that I was like a contractor needed to keep my own taxes, which really fucked me over when it came to tax time. <laughs> And no one apologized to me for it. That was fun. Uh, so I couldn't attend. And so then they found Adrian. And then you want to talk about how you showed up at the church, Adrian? Yeah. So I, I followed a girl to the church, buddy. All right. I had stepped away from church to go to college. 
And then I came back and I, I had a crush on this girl and she went to church and looking back on it, I'm like, she did what everyone jokes about doing. Is she like oh, legit yeah. flirted to converted? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I like went back to the church and I started playing bass uh, for you, Josh. And then when you stepped away for that semester, they're like, do you want to leave worship? And so I started. And then the semester ended as all semesters do. Mm-hmm. And you came back and I think you were like ready for your, your crown back. Yeah. And everyone was kind of like, no, I think uh, you guys should just kind of tandem it up, do it together. And we were like, no, this is not good. This is not horrible. Because we were both cocky. We were both yeah. idiots. We're still idiots and we're still kind of cocky, but we were opposed to each other. We hated yeah. each other. And uh, I should say, you hated me. I didn't hate you. Yes, I hated you. I don't hate anybody. Um, <laughs> and so I get a text from Josh and he goes, hey, I just want you to know, like, I really, really don't like you. <laughs> He's like, and, and then he was just like, just wanted to say that. That's it. So yeah. <laughs> oh, super <laughs> no, suave. Yeah, really. And uh, and that's always been our dynamic. Like Josh has been kind of like the spicy meatball. Like he has no fucks. Like, you know, like he says what he thinks. Like shoot first, ask questions last. And then I'm like the chronic people pleaser. Like constantly overthinking, constantly careful with my language. And so I was just like, okay. Uh, well, I guess, you know, if there's anything <laughs> I can do to, you know, like help or whatever. And so that's how that happened. And then one yeah. day, um, I think we just started to respect each other more because like we, we started to become um, like pissed off things. And it's funny how like a common enemy can bring people together. Uh, and so we started like, as we were kind of going through ministry, we were being frustrated with some like the weird kind of like political shit and all like the weird things that become a part of the evangelical machine. Not to mention some of like the weird doctrinal stuff that was happening. And so I would say that that was really what kind of kickstarted our whole relationship uh and and that's why i think this is one of those things where we've just been creating together for like the better part of a decade more than a decade really so yeah we're gonna take a quick break for a word from our sponsors david here uh you already know that's right uh we have sponsors uh today's show is brought to you by audible audible is our favorite we love audible around here why read books when you can listen to them, right? I don't know. Uh, reading books is fine too, I guess, if you like them. Uh, but I love Audible because on it, because really, I don't have a ton of time to sit down and read very much for, for pleasure. And so I have stuff in the background. I'm listening. I'm in the car. I'm grocery shopping. I'm doing the dishes, listening to a book. It's great. I absorb information a lot easier auditorily. And so why not? Audible. Freaking audiobooks are great. So uh, <laughs> you should definitely take us up on this. Uh, if you haven't tried Audible before, uh, you can get your first audiobook absolutely free. That's right. Uh, just go to audibletrial.com slash Christian. You can get any book of your choice. Uh, everything is spiritual. That's a good one. I mean, I don't know. We're t- we've been talking a lot about it. I mean, if you're curious, you should definitely pick that up. And... Uh, I think it's like $14.95 a month. After that, you can cancel any time. And so check it out. Audibletrial.com slash Refreshingly Honest Christian for your free audiobook. And you get to support us, the podcast, which means a lot. Also, you can support us on Patreon. If you don't already know, we have a Patreon. You can buy me a coffee. Um, Obviously, this podcast uh, is a labor of love. And so if you want to support what we're doing here on the show, uh, if this podcast has done anything for you in any way, you could support us on Patreon. <laughs> you can go to Patreon, 
Uh, right now I have a devotional series called Read the Bible With Me. Um, we also give you access to content early. Uh, and right now we're actually giving away Jesus pins. So if you like Jesus and pins, uh, it's just the show art of our podcast. And uh, we'll send you that as a part of our uh, small but mighty tribe. And so uh, <laughs> just one way to show your your pride in the, in the podcast. You can put it on your backpack. Put it on your jacket, something. I don't know. I don't know how you roll. Uh, but it really means a lot if you want to support us on Patreon for as low as $3 a month or whatever. Whatever works for you. Honestly, the way that we look at it is if a few bucks fell out of your pocket every month, that's like the just right amount. So if you want to support uh, independent work, this podcast, all this stuff that we're doing, uh, it really means a lot. Uh, and so feel free to do that. And uh, that's it patreon.com slash david metcalf so you look me up on patreon there i am uh that's me the host here refreshingly honest christian uh and so that's that's all we have for plugging on the show uh that's it back to the show all right guys so now i'm gonna i'm gonna totally guess your enneagram because this wouldn't be a quote-unquote christian podcast if i didn't ask uh, or at least let's go, go, David. Let's go. Okay, so just based on what you said um, uh, between your guys' dynamic, I'm gonna say Josh, you're an eight, and I'm gonna say Adrian, you're a four. Yeah, you nailed it. Is that insert applause here, wife? <laughs> nailed it. Perfect. Yeah. Is that it, is I that love being referred to just as wife? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. What? What? David didn't give us your name. He never gave us your name. I'm sorry. I'm. Oh, you're the asshole. Test. Yeah. I'm. I'm the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. I will say though too. Josh, you owe Tess an apology. That's incredibly condescending. Yeah. When I said wife, I'm like shit, I don't know her name. I just can't make one up. What <laughs> was true? Her wife I think that might be worse. Pamela. That might be worse. And she's might like, worse. well, David, who's Pamela? I'm like, oh shit, off the podcast, dude. <laughs> no man, it's good. It's good. So is that that's accurate? I I, I guess that's correctly. exactly accurate. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, just based on that interaction alone, I'm like, well, so I'm a four, just so you know. Um, hey. And I'm like, Adrian. I, f- I feel close to you. And then, and then, uh, Josh, I was like, this motherfucker is just gonna, he's gonna steamroll me. He's gonna hurt my feelings, but he will, yep. he will. It stings, but then and it- your wife's feelings. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tess. I'm oh, a I five, her so I don't five. have feelings. It's pretty cool. There we go. That's true. You cannot insult. Pretty spot. cool. <laughs> you can't, you can't insult a machine. Yeah. Robot. No, that's awesome. therapist. Like, how are you doing? I have no feelings. Session's over. Okay. <laughs> All right. Later. You save a lot of money. <laughs> actually, and I, I take that back, Josh. Um, some of my favorite people are actually eights, um, and so yeah. I appreciate. I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate. Thanks, your- man. I you don't you don't have to either way. I know I seem real people. Like that's something that I came to realization like as deconstructing and like. So now, like when I ask people to do things, I'm like, please tell me if you don't want to do this because I will like push you into a corner and we'll end up going to the thing I want to do versus what you want to do. But thank you for he appreciating has, me. He, he has grown. He has grown a lot. Yeah. I've come a long way. Dude, we've come a long way. We're all figuring it out. We're it's all, it's all a process. Um, well, okay. So let's talk about that actually. So we've talked a little bit about deconstruction um, here and there. And I know um, you guys get into a lot of that on your podcast, which by the way, mm-hmm. to our listeners, I would, I would suggest you check out. Um, but why don't you tell me, I mean, for both of you, I mean, how has your faith changed 
Uh, I mean, you said in the last three or four years, and by the way, you could not be talking to somebody who is exactly like you <laughs> in that regard. Like you said, like, this is not uncommon. There's so many people out there that are, that mm-hmm. are you know, kind of experiencing this. Um, and so why don't you just tell me like, like, how has your faith changed the most in the last, you know, the last season? <laughs> oh, nice. That's a good Christian. That's a good Christian term. I like it. That's right. Um, Josh, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I don't want to, but you said so. So, um, <laughs> steamroll me, dude. God, uh, I'm trying uh, to, I'm trying to be more assertive. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, I would say sort of like what I mentioned before, like just the desire to win, whatever that means, is, is very much, I'm not going to say gone because it's still there. It was there for 30 plus years, but it's a lot less now. Um, I, as a kid, dealt with a lot of guilt because we, I, I was told that like saving souls was like the reason I was here. And so whenever we'd go back to church on Sunday or Saturday, whatever it was, and they'd ask, raise your hand if you whatever gave the gospel to someone. Like I never did because I didn't want to lie in church one. And then I just felt even worse because I didn't do that. And so the more I grew up, it was just a lot of like talking to people and waiting for them to stop so I could get my like, but the gospel, like well, we're talking about fucking Dunkaroos. Don't give a shit about the gospel. Like what, my church. Um, so yeah, I, th- I would say that like very practically that desire has kind of waned. Um, and it's really nice when I see myself getting riled up and I realize, dude, I don't have to win. Mm. Like it can be both. It can be none. It can just be what it is. Um, and I would say, uh, coming right out of the church, um, just really gives Adrian and I both got into all the things we were told we couldn't get into. It's kind of like when you go away to college and your parents like, dude, you cannot be up by one o'clock. You cannot have cookies before dinner. And you can't just eat McDonald's whenever you want. Like, uh, I can do all these things. Um, like you can't listen to Rob Bell. You can't go to Danny Prada's church. Um, you can't, so we did, we did all those things. And, and in doing so, Rob Bell, um, Pete Holmes, Richard Rohr, uh, Pete and You like, just said yeah, all my all people. These, <laughs> yeah. All these, all these, all these guys. And then like, that's really funny. It was a lot of men. But then when I got on Twitter, intentionally trying to look for this other community what i found is all these women Mm. speaking truth to power like fucking shooting from the hip and just it was interesting it's like one of them is like down the street from us um and so was this to answer your question that i'm going on really long but like an expansion of what i saw god to be wow um like richard Rohr describes it as like the christ the divine like the thing that was there since the beginning um, and that continues to go on. Rob Bell would say the thing that started at the beginning, the Big Bang, and that continues to expand through everything, like the underlying bass tone, that pad we were joking about, right? Yeah. Um, so it's holding that, like, grandiose thought, but also going, I'm not thinking about church. I'm thinking about, like, tomorrow's Friday, and we just bought decorations from Home Depot, and, like, my son wants to put them up tomorrow, and that's my church tomorrow is just doing that. Mm. Um now have to unpack a whole trailer and mm-hmm. like do a thankless job. And then when you leave, everyone says how much better it was when you weren't there. So yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's Adrian, uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I think for me, if I'm looking back at like what started my faith change um, or deconstruction, if you want to use kind of like the pop term, um, 
I, I think about three or four years ago, I started to ask myself, like, are all of the doctrines that I was calling closed-handed issues actually closed-handed issues? Because they would always say, like, there are closed-handed issues and there are open-handed issues. And the closed, open-handed issues are up for debate and they can be kind of, like, weighted through. But the closed-handed issues are the bedrock. Open-handed? Yeah, sure. So, like, open-handed issues would say, like, um, you know, uh, women pastors. Open-handed issues are, like, uh, can a deacon be divorced? Open-handed issues are, like, uh, hymns or, or worship music. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are things that they're, like, this is stylistic. But the closed-handed issues are the ones that you cannot waver on, right? Hell is real. Heaven is real. Jesus lived a perfect life, died a sinless, uh, lived a sinless life, died a perfect death, right? Mary was a virgin. Like, they're, like, they're, like the Trinity, there are all these things. What I found in kind of my years of all these different churches I've experienced is that you have the closed-handed and you have the open-handed, but no one can fucking agree on what the closed-handed issues are. Mm. So it made me go, like, because I remember having a conversation with somebody after my grandfather passed away. And I use this story a lot. My grandpa was the kindest, most genuine person that I know. Um, he was probably the most Jesus-like person I've ever met. And uh, when he died, I had a conversation with a pastor on staff earnestly. And I was like, hey, like my grandpa didn't adhere to kind of like a strict orthodox view of the Trinity. I don't, I, he was a like a oneness Pentecostal. And like their doctrine is more of like, I don't know, but it's not the Trinity in the sense of the word. I'm like, do you think he's in hell right now because of that? And this guy, with all the best intentions, he wasn't trying to hurt me or anything, but he's like, ah, that's a close-handed issue. Yes, I, I think he is in hell. I'm really sorry. And I had to sit with that. And so I basically had to choose, right? At that moment, I had to go, okay, the life I have lived and experienced tells me that what is written on paper that you're regurgitating at me doesn't line up with the Jesus that I've come to experience in relationship. And what that did was it kind of started this domino effect of going, holy shit, if we have built this castle, like this house of cards on this table, it made me go, what is the table that everything is standing on? Right? Like what is the thing underneath the thing, underneath the thing? And it wasn't like hell isn't real at the time. I thought hell was real. I thought heaven was real, but I, I was like, what is the thing that takes us there? Like what gets us there? And so I started to deconstruct in the sense of being really critical and going, okay, I've always been taught that if you're not reformed, then you're going to hell. Is that real? And I was like, that can't be right. That doesn't make sense. And I was like, okay, well, what about Catholics? Like they believe in Jesus, but they don't adhere to evangelical Christianity. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense either. And that's kind of what started the whole thing. Um, and then that's right around the time that you like introduced the 2016 election and Donald Trump got elected. And I just saw waves of people who I had dedicated my time and my resources, like my money and my energy to serving and helping and following suddenly kind of like let go of all of the things that I had understood to be a Jesus uh, mindset and behavior in exchange for like whatever the fuck Donald Trump is. Um, and so for me, that was kind of like, that, that's it. Like if, if that's what it is, if, if, if those are the definitions and if you're the ones like defining it, and I just don't think I can subscribe to that definition. Uh, and that's right around the time that I ended up leaving the church. Wow. <clears throat> well, and if you don't mind me asking, like, how old are you guys? I am I'm, 31. I'm 34. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I'm so I'm 28, and um, and I mean, I think I think what's interesting to me with you guys in particular is like, um, I mean, you 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 grew up in it, right? Like you were 
very much raised uh, pastor's kids or uh, kind of, it's like um, you were born a Christian, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Kind of yeah. by default. Um, and so in my case, you know, I, it wasn't until, you know, basically through a series of events throughout high school where, you know, I, some, I started meeting some people and they'd invite me to church. And then I uh, had that, you know, stereotypical, like come to Jesus moment at a winter camp. Like you said, the synth kind of, or not the synth, but mm-hmm. the, mu- the that pad music pad yeah, comes in dude. and, and I, you get moved by the Holy, the Holy spirit. Um, and, uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to make fun of that too much. Uh, but I mean, as Rob Bell says, you can make anyone do anything with enough music and dark, you know, in a dark room. It's true. And all that to say, um, I just think it's interesting. Um, I think what we're seeing um, in a lot of people, um, and it's so funny to me specifically, it is, it has a lot to do with Donald Trump, um, which we've talked a lot about on here, which is like, you know, I just had, um, a guy by the name of Hemant Mehta, he he runs a, a blog and podcast called Friendly Atheist. And he talks about like, he's like, I always thought um, that the that Christianity would kind of commandeer politics and that we would live in this um, very like purity, you know, this purity culture, or whatever, you're kind of imposing your religion on us as a society. But what he but what he was surprised by is like, actually, it was the opposite. Like, um, basically, the Republican party, um, co-opted Christianity. Um, and suddenly, uh, and Donald Trump has a lot to do with that. And so I think a lot of people are like, who've dedicated their lives, either grown up in it, you know, like you guys, like my, you know, like myself, like, you know, I was for the longest time, I always thought I was going to be a pastor. I went to Bible college, mm. um, you know, and, nice. and, uh, you know, through a series of experiences at the church, um, I, I was just like, is this, is this really what we believe? Is this like, and like you said, uh, Adrian, like, you know, like the experience that I'm having, um, everything that you're saying, you talk to well-meaning Christians and I have, the, I've had that experience too, where, um, and, and it's amazing how hell it, it always comes back to that for, for a lot of us. It's like, um, and it's like, <laughs> you're telling me that, um, uh, my my grandfather who recently had a stroke um and we had a kind of a death scare with him it's like this good man this man who raised me um that taught me how to you know be good to people and uh you know like taught me how to work hard and all of this good and all this stuff you're telling me beyond the shadow of a doubt he's going to hell and and just based off of of what like <laughs> of what you've um reduced the bible to mean okay um, yeah, I, I think where the big, like when, when you were saying that and Adrian saying that I'm thinking about it, I think what happens and what's kind of like the key, the final like key or the final like gust of wind that blows the house of cards down is when we find it's okay to trust our experiences and our emotions because the church can, for so long tell you your heart's evil, your heart's wicked. So they can kind of get mm. that splint in there cognitively. And then you just believe whatever they say. But once you trust yourself, like your, my grandpa, like my grandpa also passed away. He was Cuban. He was very racist. Um, he loved me to death. Um, yeah. Like he taught me how to like garden, but he had his course. Like he up and left like my, like Cuba and risked his life to come here to give his wife and my aunt and my mom a, a better life. But he had a lot of things that definitely like 
he was into Santeria, which is like voodoo and Catholicism mixed. By evangelical church standards, he's not going to heaven. Yeah. But but like this this man was as much as a divine for all his eccentricities. Like even Adrian's grandpa, he he wasn't didn't believe in the Trinity. Yeah. Like it's so once you go once you take your experience, you can trust your body, and you go yes, my like my body is made of the divine, made by the divine. It's good. Her church is like, well, hell exists. I'm like, it, it how? Right. And then like, Where? Adrian, yeah, Adrian and I did a whole podcast. Um, we released it yesterday on um, evangelicalism and, and, and patriotism and nationalism. And what we found out in doing the research is the history of what we think is true in church today that is from the Bible is only like 200 years old from a dude in Ireland. And when we did the research for this for that episode, it like it was like we were like revealing like holy shit, Adrian. It was, it was upsetting. Yes, very upsetting. <laughs> it was like it was like finding journals of your parents, realizing like they like yeah. never wanted to have you or something. They're like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Yeah, it was it was something very along upsetting. those lines. Yeah, it's a very specific, Adrian. That's very specific. Yeah, it's like finding it under my mom's cabinet, <laughs> behind the pan pot, <laughs> underneath a photo of me when I was six, saying regret. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This didn't actually happen, David. I'm just. I'm, I'm projecting, that's, but yeah, no, I, I think that's true. It, it's like we have been taught our entire lives that you have to kind of like beat your body into submission. Mm-hmm. You need to kind of white knuckle yourself cognitively to ascend into some sort of place in your doctrine and theology that the mechanics of salvation matter, the nuance about why God would consider someone a sinner versus why God would not. Like this whole thing where you get so like you pin the wings of the butterfly down to like study its intricacies, but then you actually completely lose the beauty of the experience, right? Like that's what the home thing he says all the time. And so I think for us, at least for me uh, and Josh, I know is that we spent our whole lives essentially forcing our minds to do the work at the expense of embodiment. Mm-hmm. Like, like no one gives a fuck how you feel. It's not about how you feel. It's about what the paper says. It's like it's what it's about what this long lineage of white, straight, cis men have said the Bible says. Like that's what you're supposed to go with. And as soon as we start to go, hey, what if I'm allowed to bring myself to the table and go, I don't like this, right? Yeah. And and what if God or whatever is fine with that? And what if that's okay? Yeah. Um yeah. Well, and, and to your point, Adrian, so like another thing I, I hear Pete Holmes talk a lot about is, and, and Richard Rohr in particular, is like your shadow, right? Like being able to integrate your whole self. Um, and, and, and really, that's like the kind of the, the heart behind the name even is like as Christians, um, which I, I know you have a problem with the, 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 the term Christian, which I do myself. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of baggage there. Um, but I really wanted to kind of save the baby from the bathwater, kind of take that, reclaim it uh, in the yeah. name of Jesus. Um, and uh, <laughs> but really, I feel like it's like the honest part is like, look, we all have fucked up thoughts. We all have doubts. We all have questions. Um, and we all, we're, you know, we're all kind of wondering, like, is this is this actually true? Like. Um, you know, like, and, and, and I loved what you said, uh, Josh, just about like, um, it's, and that, that's the crazy, that's the most crazy making part of it is like, well, you're, you know, the heart is deceitful above all else. So you can't, mm-hmm. you can't trust yourself. What do you, <laughs> you're deceived. Come on. Like this yeah. Satan is so, 
he's so he's got you tricked. Oh my gosh. Like it's like, okay. <laughs> but when I've never <laughs> met him, wait, have I met him? Is my uncle Satan? Totally. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. And so I, th- it really, I think it, it, what it does is it takes all of your base instincts out of it. And then all of it. And mm-hmm. honestly, this is how fucking cults are made. Like, let's be real. Like this is yeah. how we get way out into the weeds. And so like, thankfully, I mean, I, I mean, I would love to hear if you're, if you're cool with that, I would love to maybe hear just some, some, uh, war stories <laughs> if that's cool <laughs> with you. Um, but to me, it seems like I'm looking at a couple of guys who are like, okay, like I don't necessarily have an ax to grind. Um, but I am in a place right now where, um, I'm just kind of calling bullshit and I'm, fi- and I'm figuring out more of what I believe and I'm going to own it and that's mine. And I'm kind of reclaiming some of the, some of my own, humanity in a way like uh so i mean obviously i mean it doesn't sound like you were in a cult but why don't you tell me a little bit about like uh just your experiences with the church and kind of what you've dealt with well i mean and it, it's funny because it, i left one church and went to another church and had the same experiences there um but because i am the way i am it's just I'm always willing to work. I'm always willing to just continue to do the work until someone like physically has to stop me. Um, I do things a hundred percent. I get very obsessive over things. And so the church thrives on people like that. Um, one of the things I, that one of my friends told me early when I started working in the church, like you need to find the power of no, because if not, everyone will use you. Mm. And that, that's the, I was, I was playing music for everything. I was playing guitar and keyboards for everything. Um, and then I just got burnt, man. I got burnt. Oh, uh, this is like this is like super fucking MTV drama stuff. But I was dating a girl at the time. I was on tour with the band, and found out she was like dating my friend the entire summer that I was there. Like I was on tour, um, and so my friend worked with like the administrator of the youth group. And so when I got back to work after being on tour, like no one talked to me. <laughs> like no one, not the youth pastor, not the administrator. I'm like, well, this. I laid the sod for the building we're currently sitting in. Like I have more onus to this building than you. Um, and I left that. That was really bad. And then the church we were at with, when Adrian and I met that to me, I had such a hot buy-in at the beginning. Cause like, Oh, they're preaching from the word. And I was like, let's do this. This is great. This is like practical. This is what I need. Um, but like Adrian said, there's a lot of political stuff. Like we saw how little they respected us even to the point where an email response I got was, I, I, Josh, you don't tithe enough, so I can't answer that question for you. And I'm like, what? At the moment, you're like, okay, yes, master, like, you're bowing down to the senior pastor, but then we're all right, like, what are you going to say? Yeah. What, that, like, what kind of power trip are you on? Um, really disillusioned. And yeah. then it's funny when we planted our own church, like, we're not going to do that. And then that's kind of what happened. So, well, yeah, right. Our, yeah. The, the pastor that we ended up planting with, <laughs> he was like burned really bad by the lead yeah, pastor uh, in a really, really bad way. It's sort of like, just leave quietly. We're not going to make a big deal out of it. If you leave quietly, then your kids can still attend the private school. Yeah. Um, or you can, you know, like, you know, whatever. So he had to basically choose. Yeah, he to said, get a they, severance they said, package. Yeah, exactly. Take your severance or your right. kids' tuition. Right. And so he chose his kids. And so he got burned in a really bad way. Um, but the running joke is, that I always say to Josh is like, you either from the dark night, it's like you either die the senior pastor. No, you either die the cool youth pastor or you see yourself live long enough to become the senior pastor. Yeah. And what happened was we planted the church. 
And the exact same thing kind of happened to us. So we had to like quietly kind of step out the back door and then face a ton of gossip and bullshit. So um, for me, I would say the craziest stories is I, I probably attended, attended. I, I couldn't tell you how many churches I've attended. It feels like countless. It's a lot. But, a lot. but I feel like I have been a part of maybe eight churches uh, where I could say I've been there for a long time. And that's strictly because my family has moved a lot. Um, it just moved all over. And so I've been a part of like maybe eight to maybe even 10 churches. And I would say of those eight churches, let's say six of those churches had like a sex scandal that caused one of mm-hmm. the pastors to have to leave. Um, my grandpa was not the lead pastor until the lead pastor had an affair and ran off with his secretary. And then my grandpa became the lead pastor, you know, and, and that's just the story. And so, and, and down here in South Florida, just like a, a terror, it's a it's shitty disgusting. joke, but you get a bunch of like dudes who have like lived, like live in like rural wherever and they come down to like Miami and then they're like, Oh shit. Like it's a party all the time, every night forever. Yeah. And then they end up having affairs. And, and so it's just like this weird. And so I think for me is like, and then that probably comes with a lot of like the disillusionment and the disenfranchisement that I've experienced. It's like, cause anytime I hear someone go, you know, ah, I know you had a really bad experience with, Life bridge, but it's just a bad church. You need to experience God and come over to my church, which is Bridgepoint, and we really do it right. You know, no offense if there's any church. Oh, there are at least that, which sure there are of but, both names. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, you know, if an, if an evangelical person who subscribes to that same sort of evangelical ethos tells me, like, hey, you just got burned by the church, and you just need to know Jesus better. It's like, no, no, this is systemic. Like, I have been to enough churches that follow the same sort of structure of how God looks yeah. and how the Bible looks to tell you that this is not just this one church that I've been to that just hurt my feelings one time. And that's why I think if we, if we look back and we talk about what Dirty Rotten Church Kids has kind of become is that we're speaking to things that aren't all that specific or they're, they're specific and they also happen to be universal in a really disarming way. Yeah. You know, it's like people are like, oh shit, I did not expect you guys in Germany to also have experienced the shitty thing that I experienced in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like even on the tale of like talking about the nationalism and how evangelicals got wrapped up into the Republican party and all that stuff. Like I made mention just off the cuff and I wasn't even planning. It just kind of like occurred in my, my head when we were recording the episode about this time where um, we had, when I was in the youth group, there's like high school. I was like in ninth grade and we had like, a guy who just graduated high school and went away to the army and he came back and they brought him on stage and everyone was cheering for him. And then he gave his testimony of being in Iraq and how he watched his best friend get blown up by, um, an IED and had shrapnel and everyone's like clapping for him and stuff. And I was, I was talking to Adrian, I'm like, dude, that's horrific. Imagine coming back and whatever, whatever, whatever. And then, uh, we released the episode yesterday. We get an email yesterday from a person in one of the branches of the army saying exactly that expressing Mm -hmm. her pain and like trauma and mental hoops she's had to jump through with the guilt that the church gives her for not serving at the church when she's home, when when she's not at the base. Like, like, I'm like, Oh my, I'm like, I I was just, this one example, I was just like, this is what I saw. And she's like, no, this is systemic throughout the military and anyone who goes to any sort of religious place where they prop up, like, oh, right. you went and killed the enemies. 
Um, right. She was saying like they would like pat her on the back and call her a hero and then just like go to Chili's for lunch and never actually give a shit about all the pain that she has to deal with and like the nightmare she has at night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if that isn't so indicative of the, of the evangelical machine yeah. where it's like we are using you as a prop, yeah. right? And we're going to do what we got to do in order to like make the big show happen and move. But Adrian, you to... should you should want to be used by God, Adrian. <laughs> you're right. I wish I was. I, I should be a. It's prop. your heart. It's your. You have a heart issue. I do have to check my heart. You got to come to rejuvenate your heart, uh, 2021. <laughs> mm-hmm. we're, we're counting on COVID disappearing. Lord, how about I should have bought a Honda? Should have bought a Honda. Is that, is that how you speak oh, yeah. in tongues? Yeah. So we learned a new trick. If you want to speak in tongues really yeah. well, David. All right, let's do. You it. have to say. You have to say. I should have bought a honda but i bought a kia you got to say i should have bought a honda but i bought a kia and if you really do it with conviction <laughs> yeah dude the holy ghost shows up people get crazy people get flame dude tess is gonna fall out of her chair if she's sitting in that's, a chair <laughs> that's right it's amazing money just falls like like nana baby boy i thought we paid for all this equipment we just sat there and <laughs> we just kept talking about should have bought a honda <laughs> you guys but yeah it's it, it, it's it, we we also get that as well as just like well like on the tales of well you were just church burns like well you didn't really love Jesus like you don't know all like the shitty songs I wrote on my acoustic guitar trying to like relieve myself of an ounce of guilt because I just masturbated yeah mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you don't know like the 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 mental gymnastics I'm going through dealing with the fact that I just found out my uncle is gay but now he's dead wow. and no one told me that he passed away but he's gay and he's going to hell, but he was super nice. Like you weren't there in those moments where my, like my Bible has all these notes written in when Adrian and I stayed up countless hours after a conference in Texas, trying to figure out ways to make our youth group cool. Cause we really want to do something for Jesus. You weren't there on those nights. You're being super dismissive. Well, you're a snowflake. Well, yes. Cause I have feelings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't have feelings, maybe you're Tess and you're a five, but right now I'm an eight and I have feelings. Um, but that's a lot of what we get. And, it's just like, yeah, but you, you didn't you didn't meet the real Jesus. I'm like, well, fucking show him to me, dude. Yeah, yeah because I've met Jesus outside of your church. I've met him. I've met him across state lines. I've I've met him in an email, and I've had church while at a brewery. I've had church while fireworks too close to my face, and I've had church like right now. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. We get those responses from people that we were so close with back then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> I mean, not only were you sort of, you had this natural disposition and you were, you kind of were again, born into it, but really you, you dedicated your life to it. And so, yeah, not wrong. And yeah. not, and not just in the sense that like, I'm going to give my, you know, I'm going to dedicate my life to Christ and just be a Christian, but like you were, you were in ministry. You were, mm-hmm. you were the worship leader. You were the pastors. You were the, you know, you were planting churches. And so, um, I, it is so condescending. I I wish I could, I wish I could show you guys some of the comments that I get, um, from people today, um, in my, on my Facebook feed, <laughs> just so like, like, I'm like, oh my God, like you, I mean, it, on, if, if I'm being totally real with you, like, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you actually remind me a little bit of my myself when I was yeah. a fundamentalist. Hundred um, percent. So I, so you know, it's like right, transcend and include. I'm being a good, yeah. good person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. love uh, it. But at the same time, I'm like, 
fuck you. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you don't even like, I, I was just, I was, man, just today or just, excuse me, just yesterday. Um, there's, I was, somebody was like arguing with me about like how Trump is the more, uh, Christ-like candidate because, um, he is against, um, gay rights. And I just said, um, listen, bub, take your homophobia elsewhere. Thanks. And I just left it at that. And then he's just yeah. like, I'm not afraid of homosexuals. And I'm like, the fact that you're calling them homosexuals isn't helping your case. Um, but it was this whole thing. And, um, and it's hard, it's hard to watch that. Cause I'm like, I don't think I was ever like that. Um, I, and, and in many ways I, I, I look at a lot of these really, gosh, some of the things that a lot of Christians say, I'm like, this was like a garment that I tried, I tried on just to see if it fits. And then I'm like, eh, I don't know. This isn't, not only does it not fit me, but I feel like this is, it just looks stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and so all that to say, I mean, I mean, for you guys, like today, like what does, what does your faith look like? Are you guys still into Jesus in some way? Uh, like what is, what is, what does your faith look like today? I can, I can take that first. I, um, I think what I have been trying to do is be present in the moment. I think when you spend your whole life grieving over the past sins you've done and fearing like this eternal future where you're just on all fours, kissing the feet of some white monarch, you never live in the present. Um, and so I have tried to integrate practices in my life, like meditation and breath work. Um, my family does a thing where we like kind of hold hands and we take just three deep breaths before we eat, not to pray, but just to pause. And um, in those moments, like I feel closer to, I guess you can call it God. I feel, cl I feel the most present and in tune with whatever this is. And um, so for me, it's like, I have this and I have this moment and it's such a crazy thing. I was thinking like if we found any of the trappings of humankind that we just enjoy and take for granted, like I, I'm drinking like a, like a whiskey and tonic. If we found anything remotely similar to whiskey or tonic on some other planet somewhere, we would lose our fucking minds because it's fucking incredible. You know what I'm saying? But so I'm trying to appreciate kind of the magic in a true like Rob Bell thing of going like, this is really special. Um, that said, I can't easily just shed off my old Christianity um, because that's the language. Like that's what I speak. It's like me trying to just tell myself that I'm not Filipino. Like it's just kind of what I am um, and it's kind of what I'm, I'm in. And so I think that right now I appreciate Jesus. I, I'm going to put it that way. I think I, I don't know if I believe in Jesus, like the things that he said and the things that he stood for. I think for the first time in my life, I'm starting to actually believe what he had to say. Mm. So yeah, that's me. How about you, Josh? Well, if, if I may, um, Josh, yeah, go ahead. And oh, I, yeah. you know, I want to hear it, but I want to just kind of unpack that a little bit if that's all yeah. right with you, yeah. Adrian. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it did cut out there a little bit about like, I don't know if I believe in Jesus. I don't know if that's what I heard, but it kind of cut, cut, but um, I was going to say this. So like what I heard you saying at the beginning is like, um, it seems to me as if you're focusing a lot more on practice 
in like your everyday practice. Like you mentioned like meditating and um, I feel like we've talked a lot about embodiment and being present and, you know, be here now, that sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, it seems to me like, like obviously we may have some, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so please correct me. Like, it seems like maybe there's some, some stuff that we're working through. There's like a lot of, um, we've obviously gotten Jesus wrong. I think we can say that, <laughs> um, in a lot of ways. Um, but, um, and this isn't us like trying to force it, like, but you're still like, kind of like Jesus. Like, that's not what I'm trying to like, it's okay. Wherever you're at, like, honestly, like, um, I'm not trying to, you know, like force it or anything. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's the one thing that frustrates me most about Christians is we care more about, um, again, that intellectual furniture and how it's arranged. Like, do you believe the right set of facts or do you believe <laughs> the right doctrine or interpretation of scripture or, as opposed to how are you actually living? Right. Like, <laughs> uh, which I don't know. Right. I would just say like, I feel like you were talking a lot more about this is how I'm living. Right. And I, and I, I appreciate how you kind of, you know, took that question. Yeah. And I think too, is like, and that's only because I think I'm trying to recalibrate because I wasn't living. You know what I'm saying? Like I was walking the Christian faith and I was doing my Christian duty, but I wouldn't say I was living despite all the Hillsong songs that I regurgitated saying that I was, I, I really wasn't. And, and so I think for me, it's more of like, I don't have any interest in carrying some sort of theological language to where I stand. I don't want someone to be like, here, everything you said is actually this set of beliefs. So you're actually technically a Christian. If you look at this particular sect of Christianity, so congrats. Be at church on Sunday. I have no interest in that right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I just, I feel like life is so precious and life is so short and I don't have the time to surround myself with anything that is going to burn any energy. I don't feel like expending. And so uh, with that comes just me just trying to be here and just trying to um, love my people, you know? Yeah. And love all people. Yay. Hey, it's weird. It's like you're actually doing the will of the father. What the fuck? It's weird. It's <laughs> fucking weird. I know. All right, Josh. Um, so the same question to you, man. I mean, what is, you know, what is faith or, you know, if at all, what does that look like for you right now? Yeah. Um, I think what I'm doing now is making up for lost time. Uh, like what Adrian said, like, for so many Saturdays, Sundays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, I was doing the same thing over and over again. <clears throat> and it taught me music. It taught me how to be a musician. It taught me a bunch of cool skills that really, when you put on a resume, no one gives a shit about. But they're cool. I can run a soundboard for you, but I'm not running fucking Lady Gaga's tour, so that doesn't help. Um, but so I, I feel like I'm making up for lost time. I am. I love. I love listening to people. I love meeting new people. Um, I love just finding what people are interested in, getting interested in it with them and just off to the races. And so I find myself doing that a lot now um, because nothing is, nothing is like, oh, you can't go there. You don't have permission to do that. I'm like I can do anything and everything I want. And also what's also freeing, like Adrian said, I don't have to do anything with anyone I don't want to. Um, so I'm making it for lost time. I'm, I'm listening to my emotions and to my body. I am, trying to be a good father and a good husband and a good brother and a good son. 
um, and doing that earnestly, not in like the biblical sense, but like being there for them emotionally. Like I, I, I highly doubt anyone in my family listened to this, which, which is great. Not saying that they shouldn't listen, but they don't listen to podcasts. Uh, so going through these things, like, and as I'm like deconstructing, whatever, I'm realizing the ways I treated my family was really poor, really shitty and very hurtful. And so her and I were texting about something and I apologize for something. She's like, Oh, that's in the past. We don't have to talk about that. I'm like, but that's the problem with our family. <laughs> we never talk about anything. Um, so like, I'm just being open and earnest with how I feel. Um, and sort of like realizing who Jesus said he was without Paul, without the old Testament. Yeah. Just Jesus. Yeah. But also then drawing lines between Jesus and like the Buddha or Jesus and like Coptic Christians or Jesus and like mystical Celtic Christianity or Jesus in like Eastern traditions. Um, Cause someone asked us on, on another podcast, like, do you want to like leave Jesus behind? Like, I don't have a choice. Like the Christianity and evangelicalism stench is going to be on me forever. Cause I was in it for so long. So that's just the, the way I speak about spirituality. And that's kind of like the default lens. If I'm not careful that I see things through. Right. Um, but also making it for lost time, like being able to expose myself to all this beautiful literature and research if I want to, if I feel up to it. I don't have to do any of it, which is nice as well. But if I want to get like deep into what these ancient religions taught and believed in and why they did and the historical reasons for that and like the um, economical reasons for why a certain religion works, like I love that shit. But I, can, I can also just veg out and like have my daughter paint my toenails and like help my wife study for this exam mm. without having to worry about, Oh shit, what's next Sunday or, Oh my gosh, how's my witness to my neighbor? She smokes so much. Is she going to hell? What the fuck, man? How's my witness? That's yeah. Good. So I haven't used that in a minute. Yeah. So just, just yeah. like finding the things that are important and spending time on those things and anything that's not important or is hurtful to the, the ones I love. You seem to go, nah, we're good, man. We're good. I don't have to let you in here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it sounds like you're less afraid to do so now. Um, whereas I feel like, yeah, <laughs> like you mentioned, um, and I'm very much the same way. So like, I mean, both of you mentioned, so like, um, you're kind of, I mean, for better or worse, like this is just kind of how you're wired. Um, and as much as you deconstruct, as much as you, um, kind of, really change your mind on things or kind of see things a different way. Like you still, um, you know, you're kind of indoctrinated by this worldview. Um, yeah, yep. and so, I mean, for me, that's, that's the, one of the things that I'm so grateful that I've sort of left behind is like, um, and it really is, a, I, I would argue like a sense of freedom. Like you feel free to like, you know what? I'm going to fucking watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> or boom, there's so many boobs. <laughs> the thing is, what like if John Piper? Well, yeah, the thing is John Piper is right. There were no boobs in the Bible. He's completely That's right. True. Boobs no. did not exist. There's no only, genitalia. Everyone was only, like Barbie. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, they're all just mounds of fruit that you had to climb. Yeah. Whatever song yeah. of song. Song of Solomon is so sexual. And that should definitely be an HBO series. The Bible is yeah. the sweatiest, sexiest, bloodiest, 
fucking thing. The, it's the sweatiest. That's yeah. great. It's definitely the sweatiest. It yeah, is. If nothing else, the sweatiest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. I mean, specifically uh, on Game of Thrones, it's like literally the Bible is, I mean, they're exactly the same. Like if you made the Bible, oh, yeah. honestly, into a movie, yeah. like, and not just, you know, here's the, you know, here's the Disney version. Uh, Noah's yeah. Ark starring Russell Crowe and Emma Watson. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Uh, with the rock monsters. <laughs> the rock monsters. Oh my God. That I, now you're just, you're, I'm getting all these flashbacks of that movie. Um, no, but I mean, I mean, I don't want to dwell on game of Thrones, but I mean, all that to say, like it, it is like, it, you're also freed up to be like, Oh yeah, maybe I will friggin uh, hear what, uh, um, gosh, what's that famous atheist? He wrote the God delusion. Um, maybe I will, Richard Dawkins, Dawkins, maybe I will read that book. Maybe, you know, maybe I will listen to Rob Bell. Um, and gosh, when I first entered this whole weird world of Christianity, I mean, I can, I mean, it was like, it was like a movie. I literally walked in to like one of the first Sundays that I ever went to. And it was right around 2011. And the preacher was literally saying, Rob Bell is a heretic and if and you should not read this book and it was he's talking about that's amazing what was so what's so funny about rob bell is he was doing these numa videos before that book and and this is when i was like actually starting to work on the uh, staff at in like a youth group and everyone was like buying the numa videos because they're cutting edge and rob bell is like oh he's like melding the old hebrew and all shit like everyone is writing his dick super hard when all his beliefs are lined up yeah, the second he's right. like hey maybe god loves everyone nope John Piper, like, oh, yeah. John Piper's like you're no longer a Christian. Yeah, like John John Piper is to me. It's like the funniest thing coming out of it. Like John Piper is just fucking nuts, man. <laughs> he is. He, he's the yeah. old man who like goes to the same. Well, it's not a bar because he's in drink with the same IHOP every day. Orders the same shitty dis- like breakfast and just talks to himself and, like and complains yeah. about it every time. But then yeah, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. He's such an odd. He's the IHOP curmudgeon. Beige colored man. <laughs> he is he is beige in, embodied. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just so funny, man. Like all these people who were I feel like who were really kind of leading this discussion and um who are who were now uh years later, myself even, um you mentioned like pinning the butterfly, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm reading it's like I'm reading everything is spiritual. I'm reading I'm reading all this other literature um that's now open to me. And so uh it's so funny how people don't even realize it, but their fundamentalist faith, a lot of their beliefs are really um, oppressing them in ways they don't even realize. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's the weirdest yeah. part. Like, um, and so I don't know, man, I'm just, I'm like, I'm just happy for you guys. I'm happy that you, um, and I know some people are like, you know, trying to get people to start deconstructing or whatever. And it's like, I don't know, man, that's, I'm not really, I don't really care if people think the way that I think necessarily. Um, but I am just happy for you guys. Cause it sounds like you honestly just were going through a lot of pain and now you're kind of on your way to healing, you know, and becoming more. Whole. Yeah. People ask us like, so how is it for purity culture for you? Like, no, that was just the nineties. <laughs> it's, it's not pain. It's just, it was church. Yeah. Right. And that, and, and then saying that to like someone like my dad, who's still very much in that mindset to him is super offensive mm. because like he takes pride in like, like sparing my sister and I from a lot of what he grew up in. 
but like it's not it's, you didn't you didn't do this it's but but and it's funny because even like the same metaphor works in the church when out of the church because you're in the church is like oh they're blind they can't see that they're dead uh, they're not truly alive um, but and it's not kind of it's it's not wrong it's like talking to someone who's like so deeply rooted in the church telling them like you're you're living and existing in a system that's like you're allowing to oppress you no we're not I'm just a slave to Christ like. <laughs> Like unless you, you just into, said you just said slave. Yeah, unless you're into BDSM, dude, then then you might yeah. want to leave. Take that ball gag out of your mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ball I, gag I for Jesus. Oh ball. my God, that's ours. You okay. can't have it, David. Yeah, you can't have it, David. I have an idea for a merch item. Don't even think about it. It's on dude, my the, podcast, the, bro. Come on. No, I'm kidding. The, <laughs> the, the the whips are already there. They used the whips when they crucified him. We could just repurpose. That, that is true, dude. We got I, it. We got it. Yeah. No, but to your, to your point, like I, I think. Um, what we've been trying to do is normalize the conversation that we have mm-hmm. been having. And so like, I feel like there's this thing where it's like, if you can retroactively look back at it and like poke fun about it without it being delicate, mm. then that is a step to normalizing the experience. And in so doing, you're going to kind of heal um, because you're going to see it with the lights on, just like Josh said, like let's turn all the lights on and just look at it for what it is. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and so to that point, like, we have just been trying to heal. Like, there are times where Josh and I will be talking on a podcast episode, and I'll just have this fucking crazy light bulb moment, and I'll walk away from it like, that was good for me to have found in the, the caverns of my own trauma or whatever, you know? Mm. Which I'm sure you could probably experience, too. Oh, totally. Yeah, man. That's, I mean, that's it, that's it right there. It's, gosh. Yeah, I again, I and I don't mean to to schmooze here too much, but I just I'm really happy for you guys. I'm excited about this conversation that you guys are really I I would argue be like being pretty instrumental in. I really love your approach. Um <laughs> and I feel like approach is everything and I feel like if you can laugh at your pain, um it makes it a lot smaller, you know? Like I think mm-hmm. a lot of people um you know, they get so hurt or traumatized or whatever that like they just don't, they can't see a way out, you know? And ultimately they just become bitter and really just kind of not fun people to be around. Like, let's be real. Um, but, um, and I feel like that's a caricature in in and of itself, but I feel like you guys really are, um, I mean, for what it's worth, (laughs) who cares what I think? Uh, but I just feel like, I really, I've really enjoyed talking with you guys and like, you guys are just funny. You seem like really good, good guys to be around. And I feel like, um, I just hope that shines through in, in this conversation. Aww, <laughs> David, thank you. I love you know you. what? We will, we will relinquish our ball gag for Jesus it's merch to you. <laughs> you can have it. Okay. As a gift from us to you. As a gift from Dirty Rotten Church Kids to Refreshingly Honest Christian, we now have a a collaboration. Oh, Jesus God. ball gag. I'm literally going to mail you guys uh, a ball gag now, just so you know. Um, I accept. Okay. It's a, lot, a very interesting conversation to my wife and I, but that's cool. <laughs> now, babe, don't freak out. Who the <laughs> fuck is David from Oregon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's a podcast thing, honey. I, I swear. I swear. <laughs> okay, guys, we have a few questions uh, from from listeners here. Cool. Um, are you guys cool with that? We can go into this. Uh, yeah. Not at all. This is over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks no, for being here. Time. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, I know you guys got to go. So um, first question, um, do you see a future where the church as we know it today will no longer exist? Fuck. <laughs> is that what Fuck. you said? I didn't know that. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Gosh, what do you think, I, buddy boy? I, uh, I, well, this is just based off data from Phil Drysdale on the Phil Drysdale show. Uh, he's in the UK um, and he studies deconstruction and he studies the North America specifically. Um, and what he's seen trending is the numbers for churches are great, but they're not growing. They're just moving around to other churches. What's actually happening is that, yes, we have higher evangelical numbers than the majority of the world, but they're way less than they used to be. Mm. Because what's now happening is I can text David in Oregon. David can text his friend in Taiwan and the friend in Taiwan can email someone in Italy. Um, the, I, I think the church will always exist in some form or fashion because it's so deeply rooted in some civilizations, but the church as we see it now like the huge model, I don't know, man. I don't think there's enough money in the world to keep them all going. Joel Olstein will be around for a long time. The fact that Benny Hinn is still like floundering around, I mean, I don't think it's ever going to disappear. That guy is fucking wackadoo. I think too, like the fact that, and, and we didn't, <laughs> it's crazy because we started the podcast in November and then like in March, the whole world shut down and no one went to church for like a year. Yeah. And so like we have, we are seeing at scale a bunch of people who cannot go to church. And then they're just like sitting there staring at their TVs for the, probably for the first time, mm -hmm. critically going like, Oh, so this is what I've been doing. When you're in it, when you're like 20 feet away from the stage, you don't feel like it's kind of hokey when you're like sitting there, just like staring on your iPad or something. It can feel like, Oh, so this is what's going on. And a lot of folks that we've spoken to are like, Hey, like I stopped going to church because of quarantine. And now I don't really want to go back because yeah. I've felt something on the other side of that and i'm not burning in hell right now like like the devil's not peeing on me or whatever so like i, I think what? that we're gonna yeah you never you never what revelation I, is that dude it's it's in the it's in the, the special remix it's in like oh, the message that's, remix, that's, remix. that's a that's a trump russia version right it is yeah no that's it, the r kelly latin it's it's golden showers in the actual latin you gotta you gotta yeah. know the actual script man that's true that's, we're, we're here to teach you david we're really doing this check your heart david okay um <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me that way david okay check your heart for god's sake no but yeah like oh god I, I really do think that all of these things that have happened in succession are such that the collective perception mm -hmm. of church as a machine like we're seeing behind the curtain in mm -hmm. wizard of Oz style first time in a long time so i really don't i don't think just like Dr. Said, i don't think it's ever going to not exist because anytime people can gather together and share beliefs they're going to call that church because I think that's what that is. Yeah. But I can only imagine to quote casting crowns. I can only imagine. <laughs> is it mercy me? Is it mercy me? Mercy I don't know. Wow. You're yeah, going to no, mercy me. I'm sorry. Thank you, Tess. Um, I can only imagine that it's not going to look anything like what it has been for mm. the past like 20 or yeah. 30 years or whatever. Yeah, that's really interesting. You, um, <clears throat> Josh, what you said about Phil Drysdale is like it just people are just kind of circulating um, mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, church hopping or, you know, there's just this certain number of evangelicals that are kind of just, you know. And they're older. Yeah, and they're older. Um, and so, I mean, people are born and people die. And as those numbers dwindle, like it's 
it's going to be less. Yeah. Like Adrian and I both worked at like mega churches, like mega millions of dollars churches. And so when that, that the older crowd starts going away and like you, you got like a bunch of millennials and like Gen Zers who are just TikToking or whatever it's going to be called in 10, 15 years or something else. But like, we don't give a shit, man. Like someone jokingly said, man, there's been so much hope I found on TikTok. We were doing like a live stream because we were both bored one night on Instagram. And like, how, how, are, you, are you joking? She's like, no, I'm honest. Like there's a lot of people on on TikTok who are sharing their beliefs. And and I started like, like hashtagging evangelical or hashtagging religion. I'm like, holy shit, this is church. I'm like bite-sized chunks. And then in the comments, it's just like people just going back and forth having dialogue like this is fucking beautiful. Wow. And you didn't have to walk into a multi-million dollar building and be like begged to buy their merch to attend it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really interesting. I think the, the key part there, like um, as we know it today, it's like, and especially mm-hmm. with, right, we're in a, in a pandemic and most, uh, I say most, most churches in America <laughs> are oh, not meeting physically. Um no, it is. I mean, to, and to your point, Adrian, so like it really is interesting, like where all of a sudden we're we're kind of relegated to this live stream service. And it's like if you're not doing it well, most, you know, and let's be real, like most production of a lot of churches in America, like unfortunately, like like they're just on their iPhones and it and, it, and that that affects your numbers and that affects your tithes mm-hmm. and that affects the amount of money coming in. And so, you know, Jonathan Merritt um uh, he, he, you know, he's talked about that. Like, I think right when COVID hit, he was like, uh, the number of churches that we will see close their doors, um, it, you know, it's going to be staggering. And so, I mean, how many months are we into that now where it's like, um, and how many businesses, let's just talk about businesses that are kind of hanging by yeah. a thread. It's like, um, yeah, I can't even imagine. But I mean, uh, what I loved about what you said, Adrian, as long as people, I think it was you that said like, as long as we have beliefs and, you know, and, you know, we're going to be meeting and gathering in spaces. Um, yeah, I think, um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think we in we are, at, at least in America, I feel like we are in a very, like, refining period where, and especially with, you know, you, we, we see it firsthand, all the conversations, we, I mean, especially in Twitter. What I love so much about following you guys um, is, like, you do kind of display, like, hey, here's some of the conversations that people are having, Um around church, around God, around, uh, you mentioned TikTok, but it's like, these are the real honest conversations that people are having. Um, and so in a lot of these people, they're frankly, um, they're not only put off by the church, um, but they'll never step foot in, into a building again. And because they're so, um, burned by it because, um, you know, all that. And so, yeah, again, to your point, like when you see it on a screen and, you know, the lights come on, as you say, the smoke and mirrors kind of are, are, and you see it for what it is. You're like, yeah, I don't know if I buy this, you know what I mean? And so buying it literally, like you take your money away <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. um, and then, yeah, it's suddenly a lot of these churches, um, are becoming like, you know, here in North, here in the Northwest, um, I don't know if you guys have like a ton of McMinimins. It's like, they turn like old, uh, church, like churches, like there's a, St. Francis, uh, <laughs> building that's like now a restaurant and it's like also a hotel. And it's like, that's what we're seeing become of a lot of, um, churches, you know, it's like, we're in this very post Christian, um, you know, 
era. So it's, it's interesting. Um, anything to add to that before we move on to the next question, guys? No, I think I've no. covered it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. It's, we answered that question. There's no nuance in it. Nailed you, it. You, you're welcome for your answer, listener. Yeah, that is it. the definitive answer forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're just your thought leaders here and we will lead you to the truth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's good. Uh, all right. So advice for a PK in talking to his family about deconstruction. Do you have any advice for a pastor's kid Jesus. to talk to his family about deconstruction? Don't do it. <laughs> Tess says, don't do it. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Don't do it because you can do the most good for the world if you are at your most healthy and most well. Mm. And the level of emotional damage that will come by you trying to spill your guts out um, all to be dismissed uh, by somebody who's just treating it as a cognitive exercise, as just a think piece. Like, well, let me just, let me just, let me just poke, let me just take a look at it this way. And in their mind, they're completely uninvested and uninterested. They're just trying to talk you through a bunch of apologetics that they have trained for their entire lives, right? Whereas for you, like, this is your fucking life. Like, this is my, I'm the one that's awake at night. I'm the one that can't go to church. I'm the one that's getting panic attacks. Like, this is your life. And so I would say, it's not worth it. I would say, if you want to, if you have people in your family that, you feel safe with and who you can tell them like, I'm going to tell you how I feel, but I don't want this to become a debate. I've had that conversation mm. with my dad. I was like, I will tell you how I feel, but I really don't want to argue. I'm telling you how I feel because you asked how I'm doing. That's it. Um, and, and sticking through to that, like being like, look, like people, just because people have been good to you in the past, mm. doesn't give them a blank check to dictate how you feel or how you recover or how you live or experience joy in the world for the rest of your life. And I think that you experience that with family, especially pastors. It's like, this is your background. How can you turn your back on your faith? And they will kind of try and kind of get around some certain things like as an argument, but that's not what you're trying to do. I would just say, do it if you feel safe to do it. Otherwise, um, just find the people that you can be yourself around. Mm. That was a lot yeah. to say. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's perfect. Um, I mean, I, uh, there are certain people in my family that I feel comfortable talking, like having discussions about political stuff about and certain people that I found out the hard way. because that's just who I am that they don't want any of that to deal with any of that shit. They don't want to talk about it and they don't want to see me anymore. Like, Oh, I guess we're never going to talk about anything important unless I completely agree with you. Shit. I should have seen that coming. So if you, I mean, you know, your family better than anyone, right? Cause you, you were born into them and you live with them for a long time. So if you know how that conversation is going to go, I mean, I almost said guard your heart. That's too, too fucking spirit. That's too churchy, but like guard your being like guard mm. your emotional happiness. Um, uh, and, we ha we actually had someone reach out to us um, when our, our friends, Curdy in South Africa, which we met through the podcast and he does like all our designs for our, our merch and stuff. And he asked us, should he email his pastor who's leaving? He's leaving his church. And, and he, and he goes, should I email him? And Adrian and I were talking to him and he goes, well, one of my friends told me, what do I want to get out of it? 
do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? Um, mm. And so he, he took a look at himself and that, that's where that's how he pivoted. So if you want to be right, then go ahead and tell them and then be prepared for whatever's going to come. But if you want to be happy, you know the outcome of the conversation before it even starts. So, yeah. And I would say too, is like, if you were drinking the Kool-Aid that they are currently drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Think about how you used to consider those conversations. I can tell you right now. Yeah. What you said, Adrian, and and I don't want to sound like we're just sitting on church people, but that's how we approach those conversations back in the day. Oh, you don't feel good with our church plant. Well, you can just see your way to the door we're doing God's work in here. We don't have time to deal with your excuses. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit with those things. Yes. I would get them off my plate as quickly as possible mm-hmm. by whatever kind of like pithy, trite response I was told to say, I would never sit with that. So, and that's me. So because I know that I know exactly what, mm-hmm. and I think that person probably does too. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and I'm not a, a PK, so I wouldn't even, uh, know exactly um, <laughs> what that's like, that whole dynamic. Um, but I mean, it is, I mean, in the people in my life, um, if I were to answer that question, so in the people in my life who clearly are like, oh, David's a little different, <laughs> like something seems different than uh, than what we're used to, um, I would, I would to, to whoever this person is, like I would say to them, like maybe figure out why, you're wanting to talk to them about deconstruction first. Mm-hmm. If your intention is, oh, I'm trying to get you to deconstruct or think differently or whatever, that's one thing. Or if it's just like, hey, I'm, I want to figure out how to, how I can talk to them about what's going on in me in a way that doesn't feel gross or doesn't feel like anyone's trying to convince anyone of anything. Um, that's one thing. I feel like those are two completely different, <laughs> um, you know, ways of, of going about it. Um, do you guys, do you, do you guys follow the minimalists at all? Have you seen? Yeah. So they, they have a saying constantly that's like, and I, I feel like this feels very much in line with like, what, how do I talk about my spouse about minimalism? (laughs) And it's like, you know what? I feel like what they often say is like, you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Right. I, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard them say that. Um, but it's like the whole idea is like you can't change people um, to you know think like you or to act like you or vote like you or whatever. Um, but you can, you know, engage in conversations like you know on Twitter, uh, weird Christian Twitter. You can talk to, you know, you can hop into you know <laughs> uh, comment sections uh, like on your Instagram. You know, um, dirty rotten church kids. It's like people who who are having conversations like this. Um, and you can expose yourself to people who are, uh, you know, having having conversations around subjects like this, right? Um, and I feel like that's really what it's about is like you can't change the community that you and and honestly, I think what I'm hearing, maybe I'm projecting, that's probably what's happening, um, is like there's like this community that they were a part, they're a part of, and maybe they feel a little bit disenfranchised or alienated mm-hmm. by now because they they've exposed themselves to the devil's playground podcasts and Twitter. (laughs) Uh, But obviously they think differently now. So, um, I mean, I don't know, man. I just, for me, I, I often, I miss a lot of the people that I, at one point or another, and I loved your point, Adrian, like 
you know, what did you think at that time when you were drinking the Kool-Aid? Like, it's probably going to go that way. Like, what would your response have been? Honestly, what would it have been? But it's like, for me, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, um, I would say like, unless those people are approaching you and asking you about like, how are you? How, you know, and again, like, let's not make this a debate. Like, I don't want to get into a conversation about like, <laughs> is the resurrection, is the resurrection real or not? Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know, man. I think those are all good thoughts. I mean, yeah, that's, that's good, man. Um, that's a good question. I haven't been asked that before. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's see if we have anything else and uh, we can wrap this thing up here. Um, well, I would, I would have a question for you guys. Um, if it's all right, forget the freaking listeners. Who cares? Yeah, screw you guys. <laughs> uh, but don't stop listening. But please, 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 please. Do you guys have a Patreon by chance? Not yet. It's coming. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, not yet. I'll put that way. Yeah. Not all yet. right. Well, I was going to say, um, well, when you do get that set up, all you peeps out there, all, all 10 of you. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any questions, babe? What's going on? What it was any uh, thoughts? You're a PK. Oh, boy. Am I? <laughs> um. Yeah, my parents were pastors for my whole life. Well, actually, my mom still is a pastor, which is cool. Um, I mean that. I do think that is cool. Not sarcastic. Sounded sarcastic. One thing that I that kind of came to mind. Um, I know I'm a floating voice. Sorry. Fine. Uh, <laughs> one thing that came to mind. Um, Josh, you said people are always telling you that you had the wrong church or you were burned by that one church or some mm-hmm. something along those lines. Um, one thing that I found to be true, and I don't know if you have people in your life that have experienced this, but um, I wouldn't say that I was ever necessarily burned by our church specifically, but I would say in the past year or so, I have been burned by the church, the big church and Christians. And, um, so I don't know if you guys have advice for people in a position like mine, where we're really wrestling with this kind of deconstruction, uh, Christianity, the culture, that kind of thing, but we don't necessarily have a good reason to point to why or a good, like, you didn't have like a moment or exactly. And I think people sometimes, I mean, there's a word for this in Christian culture, which is backsliding. <laughs> you're just falling yep. away oh, for yeah. no reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, when really you're just questioning the things that you've been taught. And especially when you've grown up in the church your whole life, you're indoc- indoctrinated early. And when your parents are pastors, that's your whole life. It's not just an hour on Sundays. It's every hour of every day it's in the house it's all that Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. great i love how i grew up i have i wouldn't change anything but um yeah i don't know if you have anything to say to people who didn't have a a moment that turned them away i guess but maybe they're in a place now where they're questioning and they're maybe not as bought in is that what i hear you saying yeah like maybe their husband was a bad influence on them (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i totally know this this feeling because I would say that um, so, so we had a conversation on a podcast with David Hayward, Make a Pastor, and he said in his experience, there is two types of deconstruction. There is ecclesiological deconstruction, 
which stems from a problem with a specific church or, or a specific aspect of the physical church going like, hey, you know, the way you mismanaged money or the way that you uh, mistreat the poor. like, and, and that is a very physical, he means it in the terms of like a very physical thing. And people that deconstruct ecclesiologically because they have a problem with a specific facet of the church, if they're not careful, can leave the church and become just as dogmatic, fundamentalist people that just don't go to church anymore. He said, but to kind of flip the coin, there is like an actual true theological deconstruction, which speaks to the water that you're swimming in. And if it sounds to me like it's like I wasn't like shat on by like the people at the church, but it's like there is something baked into, you know, it's in the fabric of the tradition that we've been handed for all these years that is just starting to come unraveled for me. And because of that, I can't just like cover my ears and shut my eyes and just walk back in and just take my feet and sing the same songs again, because it's, it's underneath all of the aesthetic um, that comes with the church that, that I grew up in. What do you think? Josh? Well, Richard Rohr has something that, that really kind of made me okay with, verbalizing what I was going through and his thing was like, we require so much of babies and kids and adolescents and teenagers and college students. Like there's this natural progression to life, whether it's an American dream or just what like you age throughout time, like you learn words, then you like, you go to school, you learn like the fundamentals of education. And then like you're expected to eventually get a job, hopefully find someone you love, like have a family, whatever that means to you. And like you're expected to progress mentally, physically. But one thing that the evangelical church has no time for is anyone progressing spiritually. It's like the same things you learned on a felt board back when you were five is the same thing you must believe when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50. Mm. So like, and I even hesitate to call it deconstruction anymore because it just seems like just the evolution of thought. Um, But what's, what's really... I don't like saying that out the bat because then it implies that anyone who's not doing it is dumber than me, which is completely false. And I'm really, really cautious about implications of things because that's where so much of the pain from church came for me was not like outright saying, Hey, you suck, but you're not perfect and you weren't burned perfect. So the implication is you suck. So I don't want anyone to say, Oh, I'm not evolving. So I must be a Neanderthal. Is that what you're calling me? No. (laughs) Um, But everyone evolves at their own pace and everyone comes to think of things at their own time so but it's funny that you said that test because i always felt guilty i never had a cool testimony story like jesus didn't save me from a gutter because i was like like my fucking heroin needle broke off of my arm like and then i saw the light of jesus my story was like i grew up in church i had a shitty boring story totally um but it's interesting like yeah you don't have to have a oh and then i deconstructed (laughs) i saw everything it could just be an evolution of you as a person. Yeah, that's um, actually okay. a great that's contrast to that. Because yeah. I, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about, this testimony thing. Uh, my dad was sick yeah, for you're a long a PK. time when I was 16. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, finally, this is my testimony moment. <laughs> okay, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you because that's exactly how I felt. Like, totally. oh, man, my grandma died. Oh, I can definitely dig into this <laughs> I can pain. Use this. She I just can saved use me. It. How, I have some material. how manipulative is finally, that, dude? Yeah. <laughs> I can finally save someone. Yes. Yes. That, yo, Tess. Yeah. 
That's why is David on camera? I know. Oh yeah, let's go ahead and slide David up. We're going to have a conversation <laughs> with Cats now. No, but th- that's, that's, that's the nail on the head right there, man. Yeah. Nice. I do think that's, oh, I do think that's interesting in that, like, um, it's almost like there's not a culprit, right? It's like, it's like you didn't have, you know, you don't have a, you know, you don't have a, well, you don't have like a, a burned moment. Or like. a, yeah. There's no one at the scene yeah. of the crime. Exactly. It, yeah. But it's like, Ooh, that's good. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Um, yeah, it could, it could be anything. I mean, everyone's very different and yeah. to try to homogenize is what, we, what I did for 30 years. Uh, but to be able to go, Hey, I'm feeling this way. And tomorrow I might not be. This is how I feel right now. And to be like, I'm okay with that. That's, I think that's the beginning of freedom. Yeah. Well, um, that sounded way more epic. The beginning of freedom. What the fuck am I trying to do? We're going to go ahead and title this podcast The Beginning of Freedom. Oh my God. I'm so on my own ass, dude. The (laughs) Beginning of Freedom. I'm literally titling it that now. You can't stop it. Um, I love it. Well, all right, guys. Before we wrap up, um, the last thing I want to say about that um, is just like what you said about like the waters that we're swimming in, you know? Mm. Um, So, I remember, and again, I'm like unchurched. I'm the, I'm the demographic. I'm the, I'm the target audience that people, Mm -hmm. that the church was (laughs) gunning for. Um, and so I remember for a long time when I was like, oh, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to dedicate my life to this. I literally, I literally got white Jesus tattooed on me, not to brag. Hell Um, yeah, let's go. I got some Hebrew. I got that fucking Hebrew. You know, I do. Me too, bro. Let's go. It's just the word fucking Hebrew. (laughs) Um, I, I mean, I've got, I mean, I've got our church logo tattooed on me, um, for better or worse. Um, that's called branded. You got branded. I did literally. Um, no, but for my, I mean, my whole thing was like, while yes, I did have, um, I feel like a moment where I'm like, ah, this was it for me. That kind of really, really soured things for me. And for, for a long time, it was always that cerebral concept of like, Mm -hmm. I remember even at Bible college thinking, I remember being in worship and having this moment where like I had like this, like if I'm being totally real with you, I had this like Messiah complex where I'm like, you know, I'm like in worship and I'm thinking to myself like, Oh man, like the people around me, like they're, they're kind of lost. If I'm being real, like these people, like they've kind of gotten it wrong. I feel like, and I, and I, and my whole goal in showing up here is to kind of help lead the way to it. Like a more, I don't know. I just, uh, what, what this is whole meant, this whole thing is meant to be. I feel like some of it we've gotten right. And that's why I showed up here. Um, but wow. I remember, I remember distinctly thinking like, um, the well has been poisoned. You know what I mean? Like you, th- mm. you think of scripture and you think of like, Jesus would say things like those of you who, th- who thirst, like come to me. I, I have the, like the water of life or whatever, that kind of stuff. It's like, I feel like Jesus in my mind, um, still has life-giving water to bring. <laughs> um, but again, the waters that we're swimming in um, are very much, they've been tainted. And so it's like when you know, and I would say this to you, babe, um, like it's like when you know like the waters are, you know, they've been tampered with, like it does kind of, even though you haven't had a moment, you know, like that that made you question, um, it's like you know like, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to swim in this. Like there's fucking sharks in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or there, you know, mm-hmm. I think you guys are spot on and I, I loved everything you had to say. Um, but before we wrap up, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, we've, we've brought up a, 
a lot has come up in this and I love, and I love this conversation. Like what's the one thing you want people to, to take from this conversation? Uh, I would say your belief or lack of belief, your deconstruction or your reconstruction or your nothing. It's safe with you um, to trust yourself. Um, we, someone asked us on our podcast why we always sign off with it's all going to be okay. And I don't remember why I liked that so much on the first episode, but I really do believe that. Um, and it's kind of become like a, a prayer for me in moments where I don't know if I believe it or not. Um, but I guess I want people to know, like you, you're safe with yourself, you know, and, um, that's something we were never taught. So, um, wherever your mind and your heart and wherever you, that takes you, um, you can trust yourself with it. Yeah. That's it for me. I would say, um, look at yourself, like look at your hands and your feet, like look inwards and all those things are good. All the things that you have done, whether good or bad have brought you to where you are and you are still beautiful and you are loved and family can be whoever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be the ones you were given. Yeah. That's what we found, um, outside the church is that family has become this hodgepodge, this melting pot of people that we've met online and never met in person. And the support that we receive or the DMs we get or the emails we share are mean uh, honestly more to me than words I've been given by my family. So you are good. You are beautiful. You are awesome. And you can choose to fucking just destroy a bag of Cheetos or you can go and go pick it against the Proud Boys and fucking yeah. make, make fun of them. Because Proud Boys sounds like and it, like it, it, a, a gay organization, it sounds like a bunch so of true. like it sounds like a gay bar. Sounds yes. like a gay bar. It, what's I great was. is it's it's oh my god! I, okay, we have two more hours in this podcast. <laughs> now we're going to get into politics. Let's go. Yeah, right. Yeah, you are good, and everything you choose to do or not to do is completely fine. Like Adrian said, trust yourself. Yeah, yeah. I loved what you said. Even just like looking at your hands, like like be here now, you know? And I, yeah. Yeah, man. Take yourself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, man, and you guys, I, I want you to know you do feel like family to me. Like you are like a chosen oh, family. Thanks, Aw, um, thanks, David. Yeah, same. I mean, I, I feel, I know that Tess feels that way too. You guys are just like a couple of, of grafted in brothers to our weird uh, internet family, but it's, uh, it's true. And, um, and I agree with you that, I, I mean, I love that. I mean, I, it, for lack of a better term, tagline, like of it's going to be okay. Right. Like, um, cause honestly, like if you are genuinely asking the questions that we're asking and you're, you know, and you're, you're kind of having this, or, um, or you're not, yeah. or you're not, or you're not asking any questions. Yeah. You're just kind of apathetic. Only, yeah. Yeah. You just want to know what age this whiskey is. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you want. Well, I just think it, you know, at least for me, and I'll just speak for myself, and I always kind of come back to that. It's just like when you're faced with, you know, okay, well, what, you know, what do I believe? You know, um, it can be really hard, um, mm. and you don't know where you're going to end up, and it doesn't feel like it's going to be okay. So uh, I 100% echo that sentiment, and uh, um, yeah, um, gosh, I don't know why, I'm, but I'm like getting like weirdly emotional about it. So I, I apologize. <laughs> We've been there. Oh, We've dude. been there. Yeah. Welcome. We've, we had a conversation with Joe Lumen 
Oh, and oof. she just, she said some things that I had never heard yeah. from a person. And when you hear something for the first time and you're able to put language to something that you're like, holy shit, it's like a tuning fork moment, you know, mm. um, trust me, it's in there. Yeah. There's a lot of silence in that podcast because she would drop a bomb and Adrian like, I, I just need to go cry. Like I, I did. I got, I got up and yeah. cried. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. We feel you, man. And crying, and crying is cool too, man. So it's all good. need a little extra crying right now. Just like prevent, like give yourself like 15 minutes scheduled out every Wednesday (laughs) to like just cry about the state of the world. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. That's good, man. All right, guys. Well, before we wrap up, uh, where can we go to, uh, find more about you and, um, all that stuff? Tell us where to find you. Cool. You can find us in South Florida. I'm just west of Fort Lauderdale. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Dirty Rotten Church Kids. Our Twitter handle is Dirty Rotten CK. Our email is Dirty Rotten CK at gmail.com. I have a merch store. Uh, if you go to teespring.com and just search for Dirty Rotten Church Kids, um, our merch will come up. Um, come one year anniversary, which is in next month, I'm going to drop some new stuff too. So, um, yeah, we say this a lot and uh, we definitely mean it. Um, if you want to reach out, email us, DM us. Like, we love it. We'll have young kids. We both barely sleep. Um, we have no friends and we don't sleep. So yeah, we're, we're, we're perfect. So please be our friend. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. Yeah. It, and uh, personally, do you? I mean, I, I know you guys are on Twitter. Do you guys want people following you there? Is that is that cool? Nope. <laughs> Forget sure. it. Sure. Yeah, they can follow. Yeah, you can follow uh, me at uh, at Adrian Gibbs underscore. Okay. And mine is underscore Josh link. And that's also, um, if you go to onlyfans.com and search that, that's my, <laughs> yeah. perfect. All right, guys. If we'll- you go to ballgags.com slash Adrian Gibbs <laughs> slash David Metcalf, uh, that's our collaboration. You have your own fucking line with David and not me. Yeah. Sorry, but get the fuck out of here. dude. He's got to deal with it, man. Oh man. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for coming on. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, David. Thanks for having us. See you, man. All right, there you have it. What did you think? How you feeling? You good? You feeling good? I'm, I mean, I'm feeling good here. Um, <laughs> man, what awesome guys. Uh, so many things that jump out to me. I think my main takeaway is just this. It's all going to be okay. Um, this is the tagline of their podcast. It's all going to be okay. Because it is going to be okay. Okay. It's going to be okay. There's no need to freak out. We're all on a journey here, and, you know, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes things are uncertain, the word of 2020. We don't know how things are going to end up, but I think that's why that's why they call it faith, right? So we're just taking it one step at a time, and, um, you know, like they said, look at your hands, breathe, be here now, to, to quote Ram Dass. Uh, and so... Uh, please give Dirty Rotten Church Kids a follow on Instagram. Josh and Adrian are both well well worth the follow. And uh, again, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, also, by the way, if you want to support the podcast, uh, just a little call to action here at the end. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Lately, uh, <laughs> weird and random, I noticed a few negative reviews crop up, but without any friggin' feedback. So... Uh, let us know what you think, how we can improve. If you're going to give us a review, a crappy review at that, uh, tell us how we can improve, what what you'd like, you know, all that. We can't get better if you don't tell us. So uh, 
Uh, but if you like the show, where just give us an honest review. Uh, honesty is the best policy. All right, guys. So, so something like that. Um, as I always say, if there's anything in our conversation that stuck out to you, we want to make this a conversation. So uh, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, uh, or you can email us, refreshinglyhonestchristian at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And that's it. We, we appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, my name is David Metcalf. See you next week. Bye.